Welcome to Crude, the new podcast about various sexy sex scenes and sexy stuff more generally in Berlin, in London and around the world and about the social and political issues that surround them. I'm Misty and I'll be joined by my co-host Elle, a self-proclaimed activist whore, and Effie, our London correspondent and play party participant, and Frank, a philosopher and slut just like myself. How you doing guys? Hi, how you doing? Thank you, Misty. What's our, what are we talking about today? Where are we going? We're talking about consent. So it's going to be a bit more serious. Not like the big dicks we had last time. <laughs> but interrelated also. Like yeah, Probably. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> so consent, it's a big topic these days, isn't it? It's everywhere. I just read that actually, like most American universities these days, release new consent statements. You know, they're responding to the fact that non-consensual sexual assault problems are everywhere on, you know, American university campuses. We're not going to focus on that, though. We're going to focus a bit more on the sex party consent issue. If there's an issue, Effie and Elle, did you have to learn to say no at some point in your life? Uh, yeah, I feel like I'm constantly learning to say no. Uh, still today. Still today, yeah, in different ways and situations. And I guess that's the whole point. Like, there's the no means no, but then there's a lot of um, the rhetoric around consent is around active consent, right? Because there's all of this, like, I've definitely been in many, many situations at sex parties, um, at work, uh, in my private life where I've been like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll just go along with this. And then it's like, did I actively consent? Who has the responsibility for that? And I think... Yeah, especially women are socialized to kind of go along with things. And it can sometimes be a response to just try to get out of a situation to be like, okay. And I've I've felt that differently at different times of my life, depending on how I've been feeling, where I feel like I can go into this space where I'm just like, okay, I'll just go along with this. This is the safest option for me. Oh, absolutely. I feel like, you know, I, I read this article by this, you know, young girl who went on a date with Aziz Ansari that was discussed and she described the date and it just seemed, I was like, wow, I know every single of these situations. Mm -hmm. You know, the guy is like pushing his, you know, your hand to his dick multiple times and you kind of touch it, then you take it away and he doesn't take up the non-verbal cue, pushes it back. And you're like, okay, well, you know, I'm going to leave it there. I'm not going to grab it, but I'm just going to not take it away. Mm -hmm. Then he goes down on you and he's like, oh, can you go down back? You know, can you down, go down on me now? And you're like, mm -hmm. sure, you know, at least for a little bit. And then you do it, but you're not doing it you know, wholeheartedly with passion, whatever, just a little bit because you think, you know, maybe that's quicker actually than to say no now and make it, you know, very overtly awkward. Do you think actually now that you wish that in a lot of situations you had, you know, you had said yes, consented more actively? Like actually, you know, are you trying to change your behavior in these ways? Yeah, but then I've, I guess I'm conscious of the way it also shifts for me. Like I've gone through periods when I have been very easy to be like, no, fuck off, you know? And then I've gone through periods where I'm like, I see myself freezing because of what's happening outside. And that's also not something that the other person necessarily knows, you know? So I think it is this, that's, I guess, why that in the uh, sex party scenes, there's all of these attempts to make it easy for people to talk about these things. Effie, you were talking about this door policy, for example, when you go to parties in London. Yeah, I feel like, hi everyone, <laughs> particularly post-COVID, uh, loads more people have been interested in attending sex parties. So London's horny. London is so bloody horny now. Like, <laughs> Why did I move at the wrong time? 
you did it's popping off damn it um no so uh because of this reason they are more strict some parties in particular are more strict at the door to kind of weed out people and so what they've done is they've made a list of maybe like 20 20 rules and a lot of them got to do with consent and so particularly for new participants once you get to the door you pass through a bunch of things and then you have to recite a couple of um rules at the door could you could and you say could you say a couple of them now if not i yeah, have them sure. in front of me <laughs> <laughs> so uh just as a little know, test con- <laughs> shit uh, yeah so I, i'm a member so i hardly get tested but i will say mostly about consent. <laughs> for sure um so you know active consent no solo wanking don't misgender people you know many things like that and also no means no a lot of the time people will have to recite that rule and i have actually just on the weekend a couple of my friends were coming with us to a play party and it was their first time and they were very excited and they got to the door and they were asked you know can you tell us one of the rules and she said uh, be yourself <laughs> <laughs> which was completely adorable but it kind of fucked her over and then they both got rejected from the that company. is incredible in in, in yeah. this in a sense it's really summing it up though isn't it because you know and be yourself yeah. is like if you, you want to do it right now or do you know maybe sometimes you don't know if you want to do it that's a problem and i think actually just the simple words of be yourself also means if you don't want to do something don't do it and if you do you do do it but then once you're in a play party like what we were just discussing oftentimes you feel like okay i'm here I'm in the playroom I probably should do something or I've led someone in or I followed someone into the playroom there's an expectation to do something and I myself have been in that situation where I thought fuck I'm already in here it's going to be awkward like what Al was saying it might be awkward if I stop it now or hurt someone's feelings or um make myself look crap because I've given this persona like I'm here I'm up for it but sex party scenes can also be a place where consent is even trickier than normal but whose expectations so when you said you went into the room and there's an expectation how much of that do you think was because <clears throat> you also said you didn't want to hurt someone's feelings so how much of that expectation when you walk into this context you know a play space people are playing you're going into somewhere where sex is is expected but how much of your thought is on the other person you've entered the room with and how much it is you know what you actually want in it do you think there's an element where you think this you know this old cliche that i you know i uh, i should please him and i should do this for him or her or them in that situation is there a yeah. difference definitely that's a really good question because i've been grappling with that myself because uh particularly in the last few years like my persona is very like dumb i often come in with my strap on so i've got the dick there and so people you know people see me as someone who's going to like get there and fuck them and like you know be who they want me to be. So part of me is like, okay, I need to to live up to this expectation and go in and rock it and be there and put on a show and give them what they think that they're going to get. Um and then so in that regard I've, I've been struggling with this. So sometimes I do go in and I do it even though maybe I'm not feeling it at the time, but I am getting better at maybe avoiding it before I even get to that point. Do you remember a specific situation where you were like you know you had your strap on on you were fucking someone it was great and then i don't know whatever maybe you had a crippling headache all of a sudden or whatever um or they farted or who knows what <laughs> so you did you know you wanted to get out of the situation but also and did you backtrack 
Right. Yeah, I did. So recently I, I met this really beautiful young guy. Uh, he's new to the scene and I don't know, he was just so lovely. And he, he, he was asking my consent each step of the way, can I touch your dick? Can I suck your dick? And it was really turning around and I was loving his approach. So then I was like, well, let's go fuck. So I went in and I was fucking him and I knew that it was his first play party, first time he'd ever come out in lingerie, he came alone, it was the first time he'd been pegged by a woman and yeah, I was fucking the shit out of him and I could tell he was wanting it, wanting more and eventually I was getting fucking tired, I was getting so tired and I knew that he didn't want me to stop but I knew I wanted to stop and I was also thinking to myself, shit, I really want to stop but then I know he's not done and everything like that. And it took everything in my power to just say, you know what, baby, mommy's got to stop. <laughs> she needs to stop. And so I did that. And, you know, even though part of me felt like bad, I was also quite proud of myself for stopping it that halfway through because it was up to him. He would be fucking for hours. Yeah, for sure. Enough is enough. I have that thought all the time. You know, after maybe five to ten minutes sometimes, I'm like, I could have another drink actually just to smoke. I just need a break. But like right now, actually, right now, there's no, there's no, you know, transition phase. Just let's yeah. leave it at that. I think that for me, that can sometimes be easier at sex parties because there's other people around. Whereas like if I'm like, I've taken a guy home one on one, especially with a guy, then it's like, I really have to, because I've had really bad experiences with guys being like going nuts when you're like, I'm actually leaving now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like turning aggressive. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. So then you you have to kind of negotiate all of that. But I guess what I was going to say coming back to that is there's consent in terms of like other people. But then I think there's also this because at the heart of it, and I know you've said this to me, Frank, when you're at sex party, when you're at these sort of like more like burner vibe things where there's hours spent on these consent exercises, which is basically people, I think more women figuring out what it is they actually want. And I did this workshop, which I ended up like bailing on because it was too eye gazy hippie for me. And I expected it to be more sex workers and it was all sexological body workers, no shade, but um, <laughs> which was this wheel of consent, Betty Martin, who I think is herself a former sex worker. And she separates it into these four quadrants of, I think it's sort of basically like active for the person's pleasure. So. Effie, if you're like fucking this guy, you're doing it because you're like, oh, he's here in laundry, you know, and th and that might be a nice thing for you to do. And you're enjoying that active for him thing. Or it could be active for you, like you're sitting on his face and you're like, okay, this is for my pleasure. But that goes also with like receptive, that you're receiving something for your pleasure. You know, you're getting someone to go down on you because you like it. Could also be sitting on someone's face because he likes it or she likes it, you know? Sure. So like that, even though I... <laughs> ditched this workshop and hated it but it was a really useful system for me in terms of like trying to figure out where on that quadrant I was because sometimes you're like I'm doing this action like what is it actually for right and then you get a bit lost and then and then if you've been doing too much for other people you might be like oh my god but if you haven't if you're if you're more in this mode of like I'm gonna go with my strap on and I just want to rail people like that yeah I completely relate with that like so much and so Sometimes I'll be with a group of friends and I know that they've all got their eye on my strap on and they, I can tell each of them have given me an indication that they want to play with me and, you know, I've got the strap on on, so, you know, that's an invitation, I guess, right, that I'm up for it. But then because there's so many of them, like, giving me the clues, touching my dick, giving me the eye, getting up to me, oftentimes I feel overwhelmed, so I kind of find myself retreating or going with, like, 
people that just gonna be alone with my strap on (laughs) (laughs) do you remember when we were i think a really good i'm just thinking of when we were at um Kit Kat for the fetish weekend and then we like we lent all of our money we were in the line and then my friends got there really late as we were going in and we were like paranoid that we'd get turned I don't know we were it was just all happened really fast so we were like oh no we have the money to cover these our two friends entrances and it ended up being a lot so we're like shit we have no money and then we're like this place is full of it's fetish ball like we can surely like get enough money for our drinks we should not have to go out to the ATM and then we had our strap-ons on and then straight away, this guy came up to us, right? Yeah. He wanted to suck our dicks. And we were like, sure, but can you just get us a drink? Because mainly we were dying of thirst. Quite hot in there. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> it was a did... dick with an entry fee, man. <laughs> <laughs> but also excited by the fact that, like, we were doing this kind of interaction transaction. It was kind of hot until. But I was also like, this is, like, the cheapest <laughs> that I have ever. Like, I drink at Kit Kat. I don't know. Um, and so then we were like, I think we were both, fi- he, he got us, sev- this happened several times and he, whenever we wanted a drink, basically he'd show up and suck our dicks and, but get us a drink first. We were like drinks first. And then he just like, uh, pulled out a condom, I think as he was sucking our dicks and turned around and was like, who's going to fuck me first. <laughs> and we were just like, are you kidding? There was no conversation at all about this kind of next step. And then it just ended with me, like, you were there with your strap on. And I was like, <laughs> there was this, also this group of men, like, standing around watching this. And I just started kicking your strap on as hard as I could. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, really violently. It was like, fuck, you think we're going to fuck you? Watch this. Yeah. Until it, like, flew off across the room. And then we, like, picked it up. And we're like, what? <laughs> um, I feel like it's a good example of, like, we can have our own fun with our own dicks. And so, I don't know, it was it was quite funny, but also because we were wearing it, people were just like drooling, following us around. And similar to entering a place space, also what maybe like what you're wearing, how you present yourself can also give people an indication that you're up for something that you may not be up yeah, for. Yeah, totally. So the struggle between wanting to look the part and, and feeling like yourself, be yourself, um, but also not giving people the wrong idea, then feeling bad for saying no or or this whole thing of like, I'm going to buy you a drink so I owe you a blowjob. And so yeah, it's just, it's layered upon layer upon, upon layer. Yeah, I wanted to come back to that because I think you said, you said like, I think consented sex parties can sometimes be more tricky. Probably one of the reasons is that you think, what kind of, are there different expectations because I'm at a sex party? So I'm just expected to be open to more things than I would normally be expected to be. And I definitely have that. So I had a, definitely at the first sex parties I went to, you know, you just walk down, you come back from the loose and a guy would just, you know, talk to you for like literally five seconds and then try a kiss. You know, maybe the high, maybe you have, whatever, you know, I'm not blaming them immediately for being complete dicks, but me being like, oh, you know, whatever. Okay, just going to finish this kiss quickly, politely. That wasn't really like, a, you know, a kiss I consented to or that I had like any normal introduction. And I feel like... Still, I find it difficult to be, you know, what should I, you know, how should I react? Should I slap the guy or would that be completely out of place? Because, you know, I'm at a sex party. So what do I expect? Would it be, you know, a fair response if it's like, do you know you had a sex party? What do you think? You know? But I think it's, I don't know. I feel like it's maybe what you were saying about the door policy made more and more clear, at least definitely in parties that I've been to also that have more of a queer focus where it's like 
these explicit things of like make eye contact. If you don't actually ask someone because there's a scene going on, but you've whatever you have a vibe, you you know, you ask or you like even just like a little tap or something like this. So yeah, I don't know. I think that's maybe being made more and more clear, but you still No, I think you're right. Actually, maybe these kind of situations exactly will die out slowly. Because, I mean, it's clearly, like, I was completely taken by surprise, definitely a couple of times of, you know, people, I don't know, touch, touching, c coming in for a kiss very quickly or, you know, touching your butt, uh, which is exposed because you're wearing some sort of fetish stuff. You said it might die out slowly, but why it might die out, let's say, in those specific contexts of sex parties, because, as you were saying, Effie, before, there was a list of rules sent around. I've seen this as well. Some really good texts are sent around before a party just to tell everyone what to expect <clears throat> and what the rules are. Um, so people know and people change. So there's an element of it's education. It's reminding um, men and women that, you know, you don't touch people without asking. Eye contact's very important. Other groups and other parties will put more emphasis on being very explicit about no's and yeses. So it seems to be an educational thing. Yeah, I thought it was great, for example, like at the party you gave the other day, that we had a, that we had a, you know, like a consent speech, basically, but before the floor was open for action. There was literally a moment, okay, everyone has their drinks now, and I'm going to just remind you the rules. And I thought it was great, and I think, you know, people took it really well. I felt very strange doing that because I hadn't my when I first started going to parties eight nine years ago in Berlin there were no there was no talk of consent uh, people weren't having these conversations I can't remember any explicit mentioning of what rules were for parties and they were very hedonistic and they were very wild and then post COVID um, for some reason it's changed for and. Obviously for the better, but it's still hard to negotiate exactly what, because I felt strange saying to people things that I, I take for granted now, you know, make eye contact, don't just grab someone. Uh, if someone says, uh, particularly if a woman says, you know, uh, not right now, or I'll see you in a minute, that's no. So it's not just no means no, it's more an explicit yes, only a yes means yes. and. I felt strange saying this at this particular party and once I'd finished the, the, what I was saying, people went and got some more drinks and some people started kissing, but I thought, oh, the, the air has gone out of this and it hadn't. A few minutes later, a lot more stuff start, started happening, but people came up to me, uh, three people who'd never been to a party before and they said, thank you so much. I, uh, one of them, one of these uh, women said, I was about to go. I didn't know what to expect here, but what you said was very reassuring. So I felt strange saying this. And then obviously, though, it has to be said again and again and again. You don't touch people or grab people without asking. And it's not uh, it's not an obvious thing for lots of people. I think also maybe part of it is also not just like maybe everybody knows that, but still hearing that together is something which sets you all up for this experience together, right? So it's like if, if especially if someone's never been to a party, but even if they have, just being like, this thing has been openly stated, it gives, it gives people, and maybe they have some like, okay, I don't know these people, who are they? Like, you have those kind of doubts, am I gonna have to say this? You know, it's like, even when I tell guy, usually it's men who I have to tell this to, like, you know, don't wash your fucking hand after you put it in my vagina and after you put it in my ass before putting it in my <laughs> vagina. But I just like say that 
up front because, and I still have to fucking monitor them. That's a separate issue. No, but still, actually, you know, Frank, you should put that on the list of the rules. You know, honestly, it's it's such a big one. It's the, such a big one. And it gets ignored all the time. All the time. And even when you tell them and then and then they're like, oh, no, I, I know, I know. And you're like, but you just did it. <laughs> Wash your fucking hands. Do you know the difference? You animal. Yeah, it doesn't get easier to tell. You know, it does not get easier to, you know, to ask people for the simplest things such as washing their hands or waiting or anything like that and like as as much as we practice it it is still quite difficult and it is still knowing we still have to repeat ourselves time and time again and you would expect that people who agree to go to sex parties play parties group sex you would you'd like to think that it means that they are more knowledgeable of these things but it's not always the case so actually, why do you think that the, you know, the no wanker, uh, no creepy wanker rule, is this a, this is a general thing uh, in London? Because the I'm, solo wanking. The solo wanker. Because I'm just thinking, I had a, and it's a bit of a, I don't know if it's a tricky question, uh, story, but I was a Kit Kat and I was dancing with a friend on the little podium they have. And there was a guy in a wheelchair sitting right in front of the podium, um, wanking and staring at us dancing. Uh, non-stop for you know 10 minutes and I stepped down and I was like I don't know it just feels weird because you know you just every single move is watched and you're right there and I haven't been asked whether I want to be the object of you you know you 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 know your, your floor dance uh, wank and he was like okay listen honey do you know where you are yeah I think that's where this gets more complicated for me because it's also like Bergheim Kit Kat like Personally, like, I know when it can be, it's out of context at, like, a sex party at your house, Frank, for somebody to just be, like, solo wanking in someone's face. I think it's more complicated. I'm not, like, defending anyone or saying anything outright. I'm just saying, like, it is a more complicated situation because, like, I don't know. Do we also want kind of, like, nasty spaces? I I do sometimes. Maybe it's not going to be Kit Kat anymore, but, like, one, you know, I love... I remember I had like one of the best gangbangs ever at this uh, sex club in Paris, partly because I was with a friend who I really trusted, who was like, you watch that everyone has a condom, you tell everyone yes or no for me, I'm chilling the fuck out. And we were just surrounded by all of these guys who were like, and I guess maybe then I, then there's this consent aspect that like this is this was the scene that was happening, that there was all of these solo wankers around me and I was like loving it. And then you dancing, it's like, it's... <sighs> I feel like that can also just happen at a club when these guys, even if they're not even wanking, when they're just getting up in your space. Yeah, 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 yeah. And staring too much. No, it's Yeah, or even... you're like dancing and they're, we call them tree trunks. You're like dancing and they're just like always there. Yeah. And that's also it. So yeah, I guess I'm in that sense. It's... You're like, honestly, I did not consent to sharing my personal space yeah. to that extent. So yeah, I think it's like, it's also just a reading the, this is, there are these unsaid things where you're like, you want to make this a space for filthy stuff to happen. But if he's, staring at you dancing and you're giving nothing back like that's where it kind of that's where it crosses the line of like and I think there's a way that yeah especially cis men even with a look can like enforce themselves into your space right and then they need to be aware of the of the way that they do that constantly in the world and then going whatever space they go into how that's going to affect other people so it's it's like it's another scale of the the person not accepting no. You know the guy he says you know let's do this, and I'll just use the the man woman example. The guy says let's do this, and she says oh not right now, and he says come on let's do this mm, maybe later, and he's just not taking no. So 
by not looking over and not getting anything back and still staring, then they are crossing some kind of line. Yeah, even yeah. though the line is more subtle in that case, right? But still. It's somehow more subtle, but I'm sure if he was just like wanking, but then looking somewhere else, and then maybe like his eye, you probably would have been like, whatever. You can also do that with looking, right? You can like, I mean, it's just clearly the, you know, the gaze is part of of sex, really. Mm. Because, you know, sometimes the wanking and looking at each other is, you know, is the, is the hotness of it. You know what I would find super hot if that guy that was staring at you went up to you and said, hey, I'm just going to watch you. Is that okay? And if you had said, yeah, sure, then, then it, would it would be, be a non-issue. Yeah. Because I would love, I would love that if someone was like, hey, is it cool if I just watch? I'm just Yeah. And, and then I agreed to it. And then knowing, because... One of my things I really love doing, particularly like at Torture Garden, where they've got an open, they've got an open dungeon, and I really do get into the scene where I'm like not looking elsewhere. But part of me, my in my periphery, mm. I know people are watching, and that really, yeah. really turns me on. Um, so if if there's some kind of consent, whether it's like eye contact or they've asked me directly. That actually adds to the hotness. No, absolutely. Actually, I see how you just you you saying that sentence. Actually, I feel like the whole scene changes. You're like, <laughs> honestly, that's it. Now it's exactly. a fun, hot, you know, kinky game. Of- but they're still an active participant, and we've all agreed. But the one that's like staring, and you don't look at them back, or you do give eye contact, and you give them like a greasy look or a cold shoulder, and they still, and they still don't do respond it, yeah. to that. That's an issue. But guys, this is creepy issue. in non-sex party so circumstances. Yeah, the person who does this in another context, imagine the person <laughs> doing this in the post office with like their hand right. down their trousers staring yeah. at you. No way, but that's, that's I mean... Obviously. Yeah, but that's clearly, you're not, that'll be a situation where you wouldn't even think twice. You'd think, this yeah. guy's being creepy. I'm not consenting to this. I don't want this. Whereas in a sex club context, uh, people might doubt themselves and say, well, maybe is it not? And that's what we've just been talking about. Yes. So. That's a good but point. But I think that's interesting that w- what you're saying, Effie, is that because it is something that's popping up in all the apps now. It's like consent is sexy. People are saying this in their profiles, which is saying, you know, I want you to ask. I want us to consent. And also I want you to know what that means, consenting and how it is. And I think I think this is something that is why post-COVID, I don't know, but it's something that certainly... Did you um, see the latest Batman? Like people are really sensitive post-COVID. What? <laughs> <laughs> Tell us more. It was yeah, like Robert Patterson like really soft boy Batman I feel like that I don't know people were just like what? more emotional <laughs> like it was a very post-COVID Batman it's a non sequitur as in you mean people like more sensitive to things like what was the issue with Batman no, just Robert Patterson it's really <laughs> he was not sexy it enough so bad he was just like really emotional really like mm, it was three hours long Zoe Kravitz played this super hot sex worker dominatrix Catwoman who ended up it was terrible. She ended up like just like falling for Batman in the end. I was like, if she kisses him, I'm walking out. And she did. <laughs> just the emasculation of our superheroes. Didn't James Bond die holding a child's teddy bear? See, this is post COVID superheroes. Oh my God. <laughs> Something's happening. Yeah, there is something in the air post COVID. And part of me is like so excited that, pe- that more people, particularly couples, are opening up their sexuality and coming to play parties. And I'm all for it. I celebrate it. I'm a champion. Where are these spaces for? Because some of these like nasty ass like public spaces like could be. I mean, we haven't talked about like dark rooms or stuff like this. But even so, then it's like, okay, now because everything is becoming like more Fifty Shades of Grey and acceptable. I do think it's like I'm really not saying any of this is a bad thing. But then I'm sure like the sex scene in London is being like yuppified. I'm sure there's like certain exclusions that are happening maybe and 
Yeah, like it's like oh, okay, if it becomes more socially acceptable to torture garden, then more people are, to- are coming to torture garden who aren't like say hardened kinksters. And I think it's great that it's open, but then on the other hand, like Frank and I have talked about just going to things where you have to spend literally two hours doing like consent exercises that are like uh, what the fuck. No, no, you're right. And actually, it reminds me of a situation. I think you were there, El, in uh, torture garden a couple of years back, where I was trampling one of my subs. Just like trampling him, ignoring him. And then some dude, some dude who was probably visiting London came up to him and he was like, are you all right? Do you want some water? Um, and then he went up to me. He's like, what are you doing to this guy? Like he was questioning our scene. And number one, I was bothered that he came up to us because we're clearly doing a thing. And number two, shut the fuck up. Like, you know, you clearly don't get the, you know, the... the the scene, like when someone's doing a scene or when it's okay to come up or the sub-dom dynamic. Um, So in that regard, those newbies who come in and they're like completely confused and and they think think that it's okay to come up to people and like question what they're doing at an event, that pisses me off. Like you said, I just think a lot of these things are like, I think it's good to reiterate them in a brief or in like a, you know, a, a package for people at any point. But then a lot of these situations would just be weird in any context, right? It's just like human. It's like, like, Avi, what do you think the, the issue was? Because, I mean, in some sense, it's stupid. If you see someone on a leash, you know, in Kit Kat, you're not going to go up, you know, as being like, are you okay being treated as a dog? <laughs> is this really um, So did the guy, was he just like literally blind and stupid? Or- in BDSM, you know, consent is so important. So obviously this dude hadn't seen that... Myself and this guy had negotiated that I was going to stand on him and basically trample on his neck. So he just saw that I was standing on him and he just assumed that he didn't consent to it. And I think that's what had happened. So he just thought that because I was standing on him that he had no say but in it. But don't you think that if you're new to a place like Tortugan, at least assume, exactly. I would assume, you know, have some modesty in the sense, maybe I don't know all the rules of all the interactions that are going on. Maybe, you know, people exactly. like a lot of this is just like cis straight dudes just being entitled and... It was awful. It was awful, yeah. Because if they're doing this in sex, I'll just say sex contexts to come back to the idea of context, imagine, imagine what other guys are doing in other contexts, you know, normal nightclubs, normal places where they, you know, they ask four or five times, can they do oh, X yeah. or can they do Y? Afri, I wanted to come back because you said before when you when you were telling the story about the guy um, who you were fucking, uh, who you fucked the for hours. Guy. Yeah. Um, he would have fucked for hours. That, that you basically, that he asked you for consent like almost every single step and that was part of your game and that was actually hot he was like you know can I suck your dick can I do that can I do that but then at the Kit Kat story Al was saying I, you were like of course the, you know this guy could suck your dick but then he was like oh so who of you you know you two is gonna fuck me and you were like what we didn't consent to this so what's the what are the chunks to ask for you know we were also for? like he said I wanna suck I mean he was this like really like randy sub but we were clearly you know from the beginning he's like can I suck your dick we were like drinks first you know so that was clearly the consent was like you bring us drinks then you can do it and then the sort of turning over was the point at which it was like no you would have to pay a lot more for this you know oh yeah we will have to renegotiate this contract yeah I think he just I'm also kind of interested because obviously in some of these cases it's like okay this is just obviously fucked up 
But then there are also cases that I think, I don't know, I know you've experienced and we've talked about where there's genuine miscommunications. And so like how, if if you're in, especially because a lot of our people that you'd invite to a sex party are friends and we have this kind of, like what are the, I think it could be interesting to talk about what are the ways that we deal with those situations? How do we call, how do we call people in? How do we approach getting different perspectives, making people accountable, making like having, you know, people feel heard. Like how do we deal with situations in these contexts where people feel like consent has been broken? I think as a, as a host, um, for me, what has been well received was after a party to check in with people who attended and you just say, you know, there's, there's no judgment. There is no, you know, nothing's going to be said to anyone else, but was everything okay? Did you enjoy it? Were there any moments and all kinds of responses from no to yes, like someone clearly overstepped a boundary, but also a couple of times people will say, this happened to me. It's fine. It's about me and my choices, but thank you so much for listening. It was just a situation that this person had been, or these people had been playing in their heads again and again. And the fact that they could speak to someone else about it was was helped them put that through their mind. So I think after a party, because it, they can be such intense experiences, especially for people newer to these situations, there's a lot of processing goes on. Like, what have I seen? What have I said? And that some events for people, they can need to have to be able to talk about it afterwards. So I think maybe it's it's important as well for people who are in these scenarios as afterwards is to talk to someone about it or just talk through an issue and feel safe talking about that without thinking someone's going to say, oh my God, you're saying I assaulted you or... At the same time, I think it's good maybe to talk because I don't think there are clear rules, at least at private parties, about how if there's an issue and, you know, consent was not given, it was actually broken... And I, you know, I have a story to, you know, tell about that in a, in a second. Um, and there wasn't a clear, like, I feel like people were, you know, especially like the host basically was a bit overwhelmed with how to deal with the situation and basically just, you know, pushed it back on me. So what happened was basically it was a dinner and it was open if it's going to turn, you know, into like a little bit more kinky after the dinner. So, you know, like one guy you know, turned out to be like a semi-professional masseur and, uh, you know, he offered to show my partner how to masseuse me. What's the verb? Masseuse me. I love <laughs> that. Masseuse me. Massage me. <laughs> I like masseuse me. It's. I feel it's different. It has a more professional edge. Um, and I was like, fine, but given, you know, I, I wasn't into the guy. So it was like, yeah, you know, I'm happy also to, you know, get fully naked so you can touch all the places you need to touch. But I don't want to be touched at intimate places. And within the first five minutes, the guy was getting very, very close to my vagina, you know, just you know, touching the leg very, very lightly, but still, you know, definitely contact between his fingers and my vagina was made. And I was like, dude, I d literally just said, you know, I don't want to be, my, you know, my intimate parts to be touched. And he was like, okay, fine, fine, fine. Uh, keeps going within five minutes, is back at the place. And then what happened was so, I was very surprised at myself. So he gets again, again, like, you know, very slight, you know, slight touch, but still definite touch, getting too close. And I'm just like, okay, whatever, you know, whatever. It's fine. Like, he's not going to go, he's not going to push for, you know, further. My partner's watching. And then because he was watching, my partner stepped in. He was like, she literally just said no for the second time. What are you doing? And then he was like, oh, yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. You know, and kept message. And... He finished the massage and it was very weird because, you know, my partner was a bit like, what, why, what, why didn't you speak up for the second time? You know, why did you step up the first time? And I was like, I don't know. I had said it twice. It, you know, I just, I just gave up. And then 
you know, I, I went to the host and I was like, yeah, I don't know. I, I do feel a bit weird about this guy now because, he, you know, he definitely ignored like a very explicit no. And he was like, yeah, but the thing is, you should say no every single time. Oh, no, that's shitty. No, I hate that. no. He, you know, he should oh, just like listen. See, I'm, yeah. I was just going to say, I'm so sorry that happened to you. but Because yeah. I think it's really shitty to put that on you and to also like, even if you hadn't said anything and you still come and are like, I didn't feel comfortable with this. Like I had said from the first thing, it was a massage. And also a cis male thing to not understand how you could just go along with something. Like this is something that's talked about all the time in terms of sexual assault. And you know, like there's so much shame around like, oh, why didn't I speak up about this thing? Why didn't I say no? And it's, we should, I feel like everyone should know better why. And it's just funny that it wasn't just the the organizer, it was also that your partner that asked you that same question and not maybe not ac- accusing you of like, they still asked that oh, question. For sure. No, no. And it was, it was definitely blaming a little bit. It was like, what do I have to be there to like, you know, save you from this situation? What if I hadn't been there? Like, do you not say no? Um, no, because also, you know, obviously we go to parties separately as well. And, and, and I was like, yeah, sure. Like, I don't know. Yeah, shit. Like, I don't know. So you had said no twice. I think this is key to this story. You you had said no. And as you said, El, you said yes to a massage. He should have actually asked if you said yes to a massage, not yes to an intimate massage or a yoni massage. He really should have asked before his hands went anywhere near, you know, Mm -hmm. can I touch your butt? Can I touch your vagina? Can I do this? Mm -hmm. That should have been asked. And then you said no twice. The question is really on him. Like, hey, what the hell are you doing? True. And I didn't react like that. And I'm still like, I mean, I know you don't want to do victim shaming and I get that, but still... I do have the moment where I'm like surprised. Why didn't say? Why didn't say no? When I said, "What the hell are you doing?" I meant, "What the hell is he doing?" Not your response. You come to the point where it's. I think really the onus was on him or whoever else is there to say, "Hey, this is not okay. This this behavior is completely inappropriate." I'm just curious. At that party, did they have a talk at the start about consent or no means no? No, because it was a bit ambiguous. If it's gonna, you know, like a lot of kinky people were there, but it wasn't declared as a kinky dinner. So these kind of, you know, would then you know start semi spontaneously. Because it goes back to right what you said at the start. I wonder how many people in these situations say no once, say no twice, and then it's like, oh fuck it, or I can't, or why isn't the person understanding no? Like maybe it's best if I just see what happens or wait it out, or maybe I'll annoy him. It's definitely happened to me where I'm like, I freeze. You know, and then and then afterwards, I'm like, why the fuck didn't I say anything? But it's also a, a trauma response. And people also have to be aware of that on the other side, going into something that, you know, and there's power dynamics and gender dynamics and all of this around that. So, like, I've definitely been there where I'm like, why? Why did I not like? No, it's true. I definitely I mean, like, I don't know if it was like explicit thinking, but there was definitely OK, now is definitely going to break the situation. Be a scene. I, like, I didn't think explicitly don't make a scene, but I think what could, you know, could be the stuff that's like operating implicitly, yeah. you know, holding you back and just being like, okay, let's, let's just, you know, focusing on the masseusing. All the things that, you're, that you've all mentioned now and that you're grappling with and all the reasons why you didn't say no and all the reasons why you waited so long or all the reasons why this and that, they're all things that you had to grapple with yourself and all the questions you have to ask yourself. And it's really kind of unfair when you have to then, when someone asks you, why didn't you do this, try and then justify that to them and then justify it to someone else. When you're already grappling with that in your own mind and you're trying to understand for yourself why, and you, the reasons are clear and obvious, but it's so much hard. First you have to go through this, this, then you have to think about it yourself. Then you have to tell someone else because I've asked you directly, why didn't you do this? And it's long and it is, and it should never happen in the first place, but the reality is it does happen. And people need to just be more 
aware and considerate of why you didn't say no at that time why you left it for yeah. too long so it's interesting because i do think i mean and we're kind of having this discussion right now you could think are we having you know we're having the wrong discussion because clearly it's just the guy to be blamed like what what were you doing what were you thinking why did you think that you know after the third time i'd be like yeah stick it in you know <laughs> like there is a part of me where i think it's also important you know to not just to not just focus on the perpetrators but not let women off the hook to learn to say no because definitely i feel like you know it's kind of what we started out with you know that i was still learning to say no and this for, for me was a, an extremely like an extremely telling situation that i was like wow this is how i react when it you know actually comes to it and i do want to become a person who's more comfortable in saying it you know 15th time yeah it just sucks that you need to ha- go through so many experiences like this to get better at saying no it shouldn't ha- should never happen one in of the, the first points place. Uh, that's becoming clear to me here in this in this conversation is that explicit consent is very important no means no it took generations for us to get to no means no and now we're moving to a yes means yes like the example in spain they brought in the laws last year but it's also important to remember that just because something's explicitly consented it doesn't also mean it's okay there's other factors at play maybe someone says yes to something sometimes but they're not comfortable with it because they've said no three times and the person hasn't got it and i think this is a big part of the blame culture just because someone says yes doesn't mean the other person shouldn't also been trying to read the signs you know am i just drunk and pushing myself and they said yes because they're scared because i'm twice the size of this person so consent is you know nine and ninety percent is the most important thing but there is one percent of consent isn't always it this is a fact that it has to go back to guys because missy you, you mentioned that in u.s universities they're now bringing in consent classes but it's happening in australia it's taking off in the uk now is to bring consent into school and the consent education and i did a bit of i did a bit of research on this it focuses on two aspects one is educating and we just go to the we go to the cliche men and women it's educating men about accepting no for an answer this is the first part of consent but also saying to women you know try and speak up try and say no okay i think we've touched basically on everything that i wanted to talk about about consent only because you had a sex party doesn't mean you want to you know fuck someone with your strap on on consent is hot even if you ask for a lot of steps on the way um for you know each kiss but also we should be accepting the mistakes as we misunderstand each other someone isn't a dick just because they tried something you know because they may misread the situation honestly but there's clear cases there's very clear cases and if you said no twice and someone's still trying they haven't you know done their homework and you know they would definitely clearly not be let in on the basis of not being able to cite the most important rule no means no thanks guys it was great come back because our next episode is going to be on something juicy at least in some cases it's juicy in other cases i'm not drinking it <laughs> it comes in all shapes forms textures yeah i'm going to let you guess what it is make sure to come back next time and thanks guys you've just been listening to crude if you'd like to join the conversation follow us on insta crude_podcast c r u d e underscore podcast or email us on crude.berlin at gmail.com.